Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about What If Episode 8, which is titled What If Ultron 1. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast Slash home senior writer and weekend editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Okay, so we, Brad, we we are we have reached the penultimate episode of season one here, and uh, as everybody knows, we break this down into four segments. We have the feedback, which is answering emails that you have sent us in. We give our brief reactions. We go into our breakdown, and we end everything up with our speculation of where this is going to send. Uh, everything in the future. So let's start off first with feedback, which you can send us at peter at slash com. The, the, the only letter today comes from Rob M from Philadelphia. He says, you guys mentioned that Thor might not be able to get a tattoo. I actually had the same thought while watching the episode, but then I remembered Carl Urban's character, Scourge, who has two prominent head tattoos. Even though the show is supposed to be fun, especially that this episode, I guess it makes sense that the, some Asgardian came to Earth with the appropriate tools needed to tattoo one of their own. So, so there, there you have. It. There's some precedent, a precedent of Asgardians having tattoos. Uh, okay, let's let's go into this episode, which is titled "What If Ultron Won." Uh, Brad, why don't you start us off with your brief thoughts about this episode? Uh, well, finally, something happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, I mean, this is definitely at least one of the episodes we were waiting for. Uh, and I, I guess probably the most satisfying as far as like uh, using the potential of this series and uh, everything that's come so far. Uh, I liked 
the approach of like varying what Ultron is and what he could become and uh, what would happen if he won. And, you know, this does feel, this feels like the kind of like big time villain that you would like to see, you know, in a live action uh, Marvel movie. So having them do it here in, in what if is, is pretty cool, even though I wish we could have seen something like this in the, uh, the live action MCU. But uh, yeah, I, I really like this episode a lot. Uh, clearly, it does what a lot of penultimate episodes in a season do and sets up something big for the finale, which will be interesting to see how uh, things get resolved and yet still leave things open for a second season, since we know uh, probably some of these characters we'll see again in another season. At the very least, we know Captain Carter is supposed to be part of uh, a second season as well. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this uh, sets up the finale and then what the finale does. But uh, overall, yeah, I like this episode, very cool action. Um, did a great job with the premise. And uh, I only have one major complaint, but we'll get to that when we start talking about the episode. Okay. Uh, to be fair, Brad, all these episodes, uh, things have been happening. It's just, I think our expectations, which are not completely self-created, the marketing for the show has shown us things that led us to conclusions that are obviously where the show is going. So it's not like we were, you know, <laughs> uh, taking some steps out, outside of the boundary of what, what has been marketed to to us. But um, yes, so I, I'm very happy that this, this episode finally gets to the point that we've been waiting and wanting all season. And it definitely has me pumped, pumped up for the finale and asking all the questions that we're going to try to get to later um i think this episode had some of the best action of any of the episodes this season too maybe that's because you know it started off with these two um you know black widow and hawkeye are not very like they, they don't have superpowers in the sense of the other marvel cinema they do have superpowers but they're more grounded and I think that led to some some better choreographed action, per se. I'm not even sure that I would say that they have superpowers. They're just very skilled in certain areas of, <laughs> of combat yeah. and weaponry. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and I know when um, Age of Ultron came out, uh, some fans were upset that that movie didn't really do what the the comics had done for that series. And I know this episode kind of fulfills some of the, the things in the comics. So uh, I'm sure fans are very happy with this episode. Um, but yeah, let, let's get into it. Okay, so uh, let's start off. Uh, the episode starts with Hawkeye and Black Widow fighting. Uh, what do you call them? I always call them Ultrons, but are they sentry drones? Is that well, no, because we... no, the sentry drones, those were like the, those were the, things that iron man created right to help keep peace i think these aren't these just ultron bots they're they're just ultron bots okay so i think think so they're they're fighting the ultron bots in this post-apocalyptic cityscape i'm I'm guessing this is new york after everything has happened and uh this is especially this opening is where the the cool action was happening that i was talking about it really to me almost felt on the level of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Like there was shades of uh, Josh Whedon's original Avengers and how the two of them were kind of complementing each other and how they were taking down the Ultron bots. 
So I, I really enjoyed that. What did you think of the action? Yeah, it's great action. Uh, the seeing Hawkeye and Black Widow take on these bots was was really cool. It's very meticulously crafted, and uh, that's nothing new. The, the action has been some of the best stuff yeah. to see in this uh, form of, form of animation. Yeah. So we learned that Ultron got the Mind Stone in this multiverse, and he laid waste to most of humanity by launching uh, nuclear strikes all around the world. Um, I'm guessing he he did that uh, at the that center that because accessed all the internets and he infiltrated that. Um, so, anyways, uh, things heat up when Thanos comes through a portal from another world, and he has the Infinity Gauntlet, which has all the stones except for the Mind Stone. He is there looking for the Mind Stone, I, I assume. And uh, even though Ultron is completely blindsided by Thanos showing up. Thanos has a plan in seconds of this Ultron is able to just slice Thanos into two halves using the Mind Stone, uh, taking him out so easily. Brad, it doesn't feel weird here. For me, it felt so cheap because this is like the, the villain of two Avengers films and he was so easily dispatched. Yeah, I mean, in one way, it shows you just how powerful Ultron is in this form. But in another way, it makes me wonder, could Vision have done that to Thanos and just didn't get a chance to? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I, I know the people uh, do not love the, when we nitpick things on this level, but to me, that's a little weird. And also, uh, the other thing I was thinking about, and I'm wondering if you have an answer for this, is... Uh, so Thanos arrives with the Infinity Gauntlet. He has all the stones but the Mind Stone. But how did he get the other stones? They must have been on Earth. So he's coming from another – like, were they not on Earth in this multiverse? I mean, these could have been on Earth, but it, we don't necessarily know, I guess, the timeline in which things happen. And so he still could have easily gotten those stones, you know, from, from earth if nobody else knew to get them or anything like that. Yeah. So if anything, he might've had an easier time getting them on earth than he did in the Avengers movies. Yeah. I, uh, so vision incorporates the infinity stones into his body, giving him ultimate power. Uh, if I have one big criticism of this episode and this is probably, yeah, I think this is my biggest criticism it is that I love the concept of this, of what happened if Ultron won and he got all the Infinity Stones. But my problem with that is, is in the way it happens, it almost feels like Santa shows up and just gives him all the like this great gift that he didn't know he needed. And it all happens so easily. So like set the, the you know, the, the, the premise of the show needs to happen so quick that it, it didn't seem like it was any any bit of a fight for him to get to that point. Yeah, that's fair. And I also I also felt like it was kind of weird, too, that all of a sudden he just was able to form uh, his armor and bots just kind of out of thin air, essentially. They were all just, just, just all of a sudden built, I'm assuming, from nanotechnology, or maybe he, like, is just because he has all the Infinity Stones, he's able to manipulate matter in whatever way he feels uh, is necessary. You know, I, guess yeah, I, th I think that's the power of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Um, okay, so th with that, he learns that there are worlds beyond Earth that need him. So he creates an army of Ultron bots and destroys Asgard, Sovereign, Sakaar, Ego, Xander. Basically, it just seemed like they were going down the list of all the the worlds that we've seen 
mm-hmm. the movies. Um, and I, okay, I, I guess I do have other criticisms. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this should have been a fun sequence. This should have been like Marvel meets Independence Day, where we're seeing fun ways to destroy these worlds that we've seen. But it, it seemed to like just happen like in such a matter of fact, not fun way. There was like nothing to them. But um, I don't know. That is minor criticism. Captain Marvel shows up, makes a bad Terminator joke. Uh, what did you think of the comedy in this episode, Brad? Uh, did you? Because uh, there was that. There was the uh, give me a hand. At least they made fun of that one, right? Yeah, they made fun of it, but then still also made the same joke. So it was kind of like, mm, I'm not sure you <laughs> earned that. Uh, there were a couple uh, movie references, which I moderately enjoyed Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and Star Wars, even though they didn't necessarily feel like the kind of references that Hawkeye and Black Widow uh, often make in the the MCU. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would say the humor took a dip again and isn't necessarily the best in this episode. The Raiders of the Lost Ark joke seemed weird because, you know, in a few scenes later, Hawkeye and Black Widow are exploring the KGB archives, which is like just, you know, uh, a gigantic warehouse that you've on the level that we've never seen before of just rows upon rows of boxes and files. And, you know, when you see this, anybody that's seen Raiders of the Lost Ark just has that idea of like, Oh, they're basically just, uh, you know, referencing Raiders of the Lost Ark here. And then when he mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark, it just seems like it's kind of a bit on the nose. It's like not even a joke. It's like, I'm, I'm going to say what's happening here because yeah. everybody's thinking it. But, um, okay, so uh, for a minute when Captain Marvel shows up, it almost seems like she has him because of her power. She's so overpowered, but he uses the power of the stones to create a, like, I guess, like a supernova explosion of sorts that destroys all the planets and life around him, including Captain Marvel. And uh, this is where things get good, I think. I, I think this is when things pick up for me, and I, I end up loving this episode. Uh, so Ultron starts hearing the voice of the Watcher who's telling this story and realizing that there are actually other multiverses out there beyond his own. Now, before we get into the meat of this episode, I want to say one of the things that I don't like about this episode at all, and it is the voice of Ultron, because it is a very bad James Spader impression. And the fact that we don't actually get to hear James Spader as Ultron saying these lines is supremely disappointing. I, I agree. Well, why couldn't they cut it? Like, it, it seems like it would be easy to get him in his closet during the pandemic to record a couple lines. I'm not but, sure. I, I feel like James Spader is pretty picky about what he does and rather eccentric as an actor. So maybe he yeah. just didn't think, think this was something he felt like he needed to be part of. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about the Watcher and the fact that the Watcher is now becoming a character in the story. We 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 thought he was the narrator. We thought that he was just bookending these these episodes. He, we noted in previous episodes that he has gotten closer and closer to the situation th- throughout the the episodes. And actually, in, in that uh, that next uh, scene when they're in the KGB archives, we even see the Watcher. Like, actually, it looks like he's, like, in the room. Yeah. He's wondering if he should intervene because the answer is right in the box next to Hawkeye. And Hawkeye gives up before seeing it. Thankfully, Black Widow f- finds the case file for Zola, which... Well, By hopefully- the way, did you think that this was kind of... Didn't really make much sense because they're looking for some kind of AI that they're not even sure if it's there that can 
deal with Ultron. <laughs> and then when they finally realize that it's Zola that is, can do it later, when we actually meet Zola, Black Widow makes a reference to the fact that she's encountered Zola before. So why wasn't she specifically looking for the file about Zola, but instead of just looking for anything random in that assortment of files? Well, I, I do have an answer for that, Brad. You do? I think, I think everybody thought that Zola had been destroyed in the events of, um, what movie was it? Civil War? Oh, Winter or was Soldier. Was it Winter Soldier? It was one of those. Because I don't think we've seen this base that was in wherever that base, that Hydra base was. I, so I thought that we thought he had been destroyed. Well, it looked like that, at least for um, in the, the end part of that battle, that it was might have been the same base uh that the finale of civil war took place in because it had Mm. that that um big shoot with all the the stairs and and uh balconies on it It looked like the same place that iron man and captain america and bucky duked it out in civil war oh that's very possible as well um well anyways they they they, yeah that's a good point brad it's a good point but i I do think that they thought he is was gone okay so i all right i i think that that is an acceptable explanation yeah, so Ultron is actually able to penetrate the Watcher's, uh, I don't know what you just, his dimension where he's overlooking all the different multiverses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll get to that in a second. So they, they find Zola on the remote Hydra base that you were talking about, and they upload him to one of the, the Ultron bot or Sentry drone or whatever it is. Um does this mean, Brad, does this mean that Zola might still exist in the MCU somewhere in some Hydra base that we don't know about? You mean right now, like in the, the live action MCU? Yes, in the current uh, chronology of the MCU, because I think I, I would have to go back to Winter Soldier, but I think Zola was destroyed. Yeah, because assumed- that, yeah, that base got blown up, didn't it? Yeah. And I thought we thought that like that wasn't connected, so we thought that that was the only instance of Zola. But it, it seems like with this show, which is not yes, the show is not canon; it's a different multiverse. Totally get that. But what I'm saying is, because it, he did exist in another base, could, does this confirm that he could exist in the MCU? I suppose it's possible, but I just don't know why what purpose it would serve like if they, they, it would yeah. probably just be something that if they really needed to they could probably ret- retcon it in a way and be like oh no he wasn't destroyed and like because we need him now <laughs> i mean that's why why he's here right yeah <laughs> but um you know it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that they they couldn't get uh spader but they were able to get toby jones to come back and to do, do the voice of Zola. So. Well, he, well, he, well, he was back in the Captain Carter episode, yeah. too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Okay, so the Ultron army shows up, and Clint sacrifices himself to let them get away. Kind of in the same, in a reverse of what the scene is in Endgame. Did this it feel almost... necessary to you? Because, like, no. he just, he shot an arrow and caused the explosion. He could have easily done that from, like, when he escaped with, with Natasha. Why did they even call the, the, the Ultrons there? Was it to get one of them to upload Zola into? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That seemed like unnecessary. Why couldn't they just like go steal one? I don't know. Okay. Anyways. uh, So 
Zola is unable to connect to Ultron because he's not located in the observable universe. Dot dot dot. Uh, <laughs> so then we get something. I don't think any of us were actually expecting. We get a battle between between Ultron Vision. Do we have a name for this version of Ultron? I know the toys I, are out. I think he's just Ultron. They haven't. They actually haven't released a toy of this character yet. So okay. Well, this uh, Infinity Ultron or whatever you want to call him. It would be cool if they just called him an Infinity Knight. That would be Inf- that's that's a cool thing to Infinity name him. Knight. Uh, well, so we get this battle between Ultron and the Watcher that we never knew we needed. Brad, what did you think yeah. of this? It was it was surprising. It was very cool to see, especially since we also get to see that the Watcher has his own set of armor that he puts on when he really has to start kicking ass. Yeah, who would have expected that the Watcher was as powerful as he is? I just thought it was like this old guy like overlooking everything. Yeah, but uh, it was fun to see them fight through the different worlds and multiverses. Yeah, just kind of like when when they were flying through and shattering like the walls between each of the universes. That was a cool sequence. Yeah, uh, I'd almost like to see something like that in live action. That would be so cool. So Watcher escapes, but now Vision, Ultron, uh, Infinity Knight. Uh, to whatever you want to call him, uh, has access to all the multiverses. And uh, by the way, I like that we see Steve Rogers being sworn in as president on the background of one of the shots of like that sequence. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah, I, it would have been cool like during the sequence. I, I guess there'd probably be too much going on to be able to like include some of the ideas of the multiverses that you couldn't like explore in the show and show how like things would be drastically different, but I guess that'd probably be, it's too much going on there. Uh, so watcher goes. So the, the end stinger here is watcher going to strange Supreme asking for his help and uh strange Supreme agreeing to help him. Uh, what did you, th- is there any other thoughts on this episode that you have, Brad? Um, not particularly just uh, as we mentioned before, you know, there's a lot of, uh, excitement and anticipation now for what happens in the the next episode and i think we've gotten some glimpses of that since we now know uh we'll see universes clashing and coming together and uh this also pays off that uh the end tag from the thor episode which saw the this ultron infinity knight show up at the end of that episode with an army of ultron bots suddenly so we know what's happening there and uh and then we yeah we finally get a payoff on uh dr strange as well at the end of this episode so that's uh something exciting the one thing that we um haven't gotten a payoff yet and i'm wondering how this will tie into everything is that tease of uh ego and uh peter quill what's whatever is going on with them i don't know if that's something that maybe they intentionally saved for a second season or if that's something that will somehow come into play in this finale i think we have seen a scene of it in one of the trailers yeah, the, Which, we, there there is a sh- yeah there was a shot of ego like using his powers and like Peter Quill floating in the air in that Dairy Queen, but that's that's all that we've seen. Yeah, so I'm guessing we're gonna see that and also some of the other like those cliffhangers. We're gonna we're gonna get some some resolution to those in the beginning of the next episode, maybe. Um, you know, I, I know in past episodes of this podcast, we in the speculation segment, we've talked about all these clips we've seen of all these different multiverse heroes uh, kind of teaming up in their own Avengers, like Battle of New York moments. So I don't think we need to, like, you know, 
reiterate that. I, I, I think we're everybody's on the same page there. Everybody knows that that's coming. My question to you, Brad, is do you think this final episode, episode nine of season one of What If, we know they're doing What If season two and there's going to be nine episodes of season two, I think? I don't know if they've announced how many episodes they're doing for season yeah. two, but yeah. Okay. But there is, IMDb there is- has nine, but that could be inaccurate. So you, yeah. Uh, I, so my question to you is like, will this conclude this story or will season two of what if be not the anthology story is series that we've been getting from season one? Will it be a continuation, a, a serialized story? That's a good question. Um, I know that I, I wonder if it's going to be like a mix of the two, because what we, um, like I said before, we, they have talked about uh, Captain Carter being a character that will, recur uh in uh new seasons of this show and so she'll be back in the second season but they haven't said anything about any of the other characters coming back and so um part of me wonders if this uh when we have this these characters coming together if they will remain in like this the same universe or if they'll end up going back to their own universes and carrying out their own sequel story threads because they could they could it could both be serial and uh anthological is that a word um because we're, we're, we're making it up today brad <laughs> you can have captain carter and t'challa as star lord and eric killmonger as black panther and thor uh and and all these characters still exist in their own universes um in their own what if alternate universes and then carry on uh with their stories because we haven't seen those yet and so I, I wonder, and then, and then you could also have a new threat that builds up that makes the, all of them have to reunite again. To, exactly. Exactly. So I, uh, I I wonder if this will kind of be almost like a creation of a new Marvel Cinematic Universe in animated form, where uh, we see see it carried out uh, in a similar fashion, just in an animated series kind of way. Um, but like I know that they've talked about how like future seasons of What If will continue to put new spins on other Marvel movies. But I feel like season two is going to arrive before we get um, <laughs> a lot more Marvel movies to be remixed. Um, but then again, maybe not. Maybe maybe they'll be maybe it'll take long enough that they'll have you know seven or eight movies under their belt their belt to, to mess with. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm not not sure. That's a that's an interesting thing to think about, and I, I wonder if we'll get our answer when uh, when the finale comes around. Yeah, I, I think you have predicted it. I think that's what's going to happen is they're going to be able to take down Ultron or at least, you know, send him away for a while. And then maybe he'll come back in season two or something like that. Yeah, I, I feel like that is the way they're headed. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm really excited by this the show and how it's coming all together. This is you know, what I've been waiting for this entire season. <laughs> okay, we're wrapping this up. Do you have anything else to say about this episode or speculation for future episodes? No, uh, you know, I think that the finale will be the key to figuring out what will happen in the next season. And then we'll be able to more accurately and specifically speculate how the the series will continue from there. Because I have a feeling we'll get some kind of uh, end scene tag like we have been in these episodes that will tease the the second season. Yeah. 
Okay. You can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, speculation to peter at slashfilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.